We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com. Here again with Bears insider Aaron Lemming coming off another Bears loss. How do you feel today about this one? Uh, you know, man, I just I don't care anymore. I it, it's funny because I was sitting there watching the watching the game yesterday, and I got down to that field goal, and I looked over at my wife as tall as like, he's going to miss this. Like, there's no way in hell he's going to make this. And she kind of looked at me because I'm always negative, and she looked at me and she's like, "Yeah, I, I I'm sure he's going to make it." And and we all saw it. I mean, we all saw it. And I just looked at her and started laughing. She's like, "Wow, that was bad." I was like, "Yeah, Connor Connor Barth is bad, but." We've got some changes to talk about today, so at least that's a plus, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's they're three and seven. It's it's, it, it's kind of at the point right now where you either you know hope for uh, good draft positioning, or for me, I still hope they get five or six wins, just because I think I, you get your you have your quarterback, and I, I think you know draft positioning is well and fine, but uh, in terms of talking about you know a, a potential head coach next year and and potential free agents and stuff like that. I think it would be nice to see them some, you know, build some sort of, you know, a few wins better than last year and get some confidence going on the next year. But that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, let's start there because I think you, we all know that the Bears weren't going to make the playoffs. It was going to take a miracle, even if they beat the Lions, uh, to make the playoffs. But right now, you're in a situation where you're building, you're trying to build some type of culture are you building a winning culture or losing culture and that was one of those games at home uh, you know again uh, in the similar situation to last week against the Packers one of those games where you know a statement game where you can say hey you know we we may not be there yet but we're building this winning culture that we can start to build you know that's going to carry us forward 
uh, you know, in the, in the next season, after we get, uh, you know, our rookie quarterback acclimated, after we get a few more uh, uh, talented guys on the roster, then we're, we can really take over. And they just cannot uh, seem to find a way to get over the hump. And yesterday's loss, it's not all on Connor Barth, but, uh, you know, when the game was on the line, the Bears put Connor Barth out there for a 46-yard field goal to send the game into overtime, and the thing wasn't even close. Uh, came up wide, wide right by a mile. And at, like Aaron alluded to, the Bears, just before we started recording this podcast, uh, the news came out that the Bears have uh, signed Cairo Santos, the former kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I was looking at his numbers right before we came on. A career 84.8% uh, field goal percentage, uh, which would rank 18th in the NFL right now. So, uh, I mean, it's not like he's an elite kicker, but there are some positive signs. He was, he, I mean, he kicked for the Saints, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs earlier this year, but dealt with a hamstring injury that uh, recurred a couple of times. And then the Chiefs liked uh, the kid Harrison Butker a little bit more, and that's why Santos was released. Remember, Santos was brought in last week. Uh, they looked at him. They didn't sign him. I think it was more about uh, maybe a little bit of concern about his health. But, you know, now you're in a situation where it doesn't matter. Get him out there, see what he can do, and maybe give him another six-game tryout here to see if he's the guy going forward. Uh, but, there are, like I said, there are positive signs. He made all his kicks and all his field rolls, 12 uh, PATs, 3 for 3 in field rolls earlier this season for the Chiefs. And he had almost an 89% field roll percentage last season. So, it's definitely a step up from Connor Barth, who was kicking at a 68.6% clip, uh, which was the big reason that he was uh, released today. Well, n- nothing official that Barth hasn't been released, but, I mean, just common sense says that uh, Santos is in for Barth. Your thoughts? Well, um, you know, I, I it was time. And, and it's kind of like I tweeted not too long ago. I always feel bad for guys when they lose their job, you know, and, and Connor Barth seemed like a good dude, uh, you know, and I, I wish him well, but... I mean, this is a performance-based business, and let's be honest. I mean, ever since coming in last year, uh, he hasn't been good. And I think it's it's not a good look when you you cut a guy that you've had for a while in Robbie Gold, and he's missed what three field goals uh, in this in this time frame, and and two. And then he uh, two. Okay, I thought he did. He not miss one. He didn't I mean, miss he one. Was, last he was he was ten. He was ten for ten for the Giants last year, and he's nineteen for twenty-one for the San yeah, Francisco Forty so ers this year. Even even worse than I mean, and this is. And this is the thing is, and it's not a good look. I get it. I get it. You know, you, you've got to do what you got to do. And, you know, they apparently felt that he was kind of going downhill. And I, I'll admit I kind of agreed with it. I thought he was he just didn't look like the same kicker. But unfortunately, you bring in a guy like Barth. And I think the thing that really frustrated me this year was you had a guy like Andy, uh, Andy Phillips, who they brought in during training camp and they cut him loose. And then they bring in a guy like Robert Aguayo, Roberto Aguayo, and you know, then they cut him loose. And and I get that. Okay, you know, it didn't sound like Phillips really had that good of a, a good of a camp. And I mean, Aguayo's Aguayo. But the thing is, when you look at it, you have two guys. You have Jake Elliott, that, who came out of Memphis. I'm pretty sure he was actually drafted and he was cut. And then you had a guy like Harrison Butker, who was with uh, I can't even remember who he was with in preseason. He got cut. So you had two guys that are now stuck on two successful teams that have had, you know, two successful seasons so far. And it seems like, and it kind of goes back, you know, while, uh, you know, even looking at free agency where it seems like sometimes the bears are just targeting the wrong guys. And 
I, you know, whatever. It's a kicker. You know, hopefully Santos will be the guy. Uh, he's basically he's on a six week trial. That's really what it is. Hopefully he'll be the long term solution. They can get him resigned in the off season and move on from there. But what I do find interesting, and I'm not sure how true it is, but I was told I think it was last week or the week before, is that Ryan Pace is actually the guy that has not wanted Connor Barth gone. I guess it was John Fox. Basically, they they've been at uh, basically been at a you know odds end or whatever that you know whatever you want to call it and fox has wanted barth gone for a few weeks now and ryan pace is basically saying no that's not going to happen right now and i guess it pretty much all came to a head kind of after the game yesterday and i guess they both agreed but i if it's true and i'm not saying it is it's just you know unfortunately the information coming out of house hall isn't is uh as concrete as it as it was before pace got in but i if that's true, that's a little concerning to me because you look at a guy like Barth who has struggled and quite honestly, in these kind of situations, it kind of makes you wonder, I mean, does, does Pace just want Fox gone? Uh, or is Pace really this bad at evaluating pro talent? Because I mean, let's look at his free agent class from this year too. I mean, it really hasn't been that good. Uh, you know, you look at it, Marcus Cooper struggled yesterday. He's been sitting on the bench. He's making $5 million a year. Marcus Wheaton has one catch on the year. He's still not playing. He's in the doghouse. He's making five point two five million a year, and it's. I'm I'm hoping it's not the truth, but it's starting to get to a point. And I know this is a little off topic, but it's starting to get to a point where maybe Ryan Pace's uh, pro personnel evaluation, which is what he was known for in New Orleans, may be a bigger issue than what we once thought it was. Well, I I think he's been hit or miss definitely in free agency, but. You know, remember, he's the guy who signed Akeem Hicks. He's the guy who brought in Danny Trevathan. I think both of those guys are, are foundational players for the defense. And, you know, with we've seen the impact that Trevathan being out has had on this defense. So I think those are quality players. I think Prince of Mukha, I'm sorry, Prince of Mukamara has played very well this season. Uh, you know, he's a solid number two cornerback, in my opinion. Uh, but there have been a lot of misses, like you point out, especially on the offensive side of the football. I mean, Kendall Wright, Marcus Wheaton, uh, you know, a lot of misses on the offensive side of the football. But uh, I think he's done all right in the draft. I think, uh, uh, you know, other than Kevin White's injury, I think I still think that Kevin White had potential if he would have just been able to stay healthy. But, uh, you know, we're seeing right now young guys coming in and, and really building this foundation for the team. And I think that overrides any pers- uh, bad personnel decisions you make, especially when you're only signing players to basically one-year deals. And that's what he's done uh, throughout this process is, is is gotten these guys on, on you know, one-year prove-it deals. And if they play well, he gives them the long-term uh, contract. But, you know, there there isn't, uh, on, I don't think on any of these guys that we're, we're discussing, um, there isn't any long-term uh, you know, investment in any of them that's really going to hurt the Bears down the line. So he's been hit hit or miss in the, on the personnel department, and maybe he needs to you know that rethink that uh, side of his uh, you know who he's using on that side of the football. But uh, you know, I think in the draft he's he's building a strong foundation. So yeah, hit or miss in, in free agency for sure. Um, he might need a little help in that area, but uh, I, I mean, do you do you agree? I think the foundation he's laying with the draft and with the just just with the couple of, of really solid uh, free agent picks in, in Hicks and Trebathan, the defense is set for a while. I mean, uh, are you cons- are you starting to show concern with Ryan Pace? 
No, I'm not overly concerned with Ryan Pace uh, because, like he mentioned, he, here's the thing. His drafts outside, I think 2015, his first draft, definitely been a little hit and miss. But, you know, like you said, uh, I liked Kevin White. I didn't particularly think he was a top 10 talent. I think he was a little overrated because of speed. With that being said, I mean, dude, I'm never there, there's never going to be a point where I'm going to put, uh, you know, missing on Kevin White on Ryan Pace because you look at a guy who was completely raw coming out of college. Uh, had very limited, uh, you know, knowledge of the route tree, you know, so on and so forth. Everything that you'd want in a receiver right away, he didn't really have outside of the intangibles, uh, more, more to the point, the physical aspects of everything. So I'm not going to put any blame on him because he missed a lot of time, you know, and I think his last two drafts have been very good. And I mean, I think yesterday was a prime example of why people still should have faith in Ryan Pace in terms of the draft, because you look at uh, you know, Trubisky flashed, uh, you know, in key moments, which I thought was very important. Uh, Tariq Cohen had a good game now that they're finally getting him involved. Adam Shaheen, I mean, dude, he had two catches yesterday that it was like, oh, oh, okay, now I'm starting to see what they see in him. I mean, there was there was flashes of Gronkowski, in my opinion. I know that's kind of the the easy comp to him or whatever, but he looked very good yesterday. Uh, Nick Witkowski had another really good game. I think, you know, in the three games he's played this year, I think he's played really well. Uh, I mean, there's just multiple guys, uh, draft picks that you can point to Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson. Uh, I mean, he's, I mean, he's done a good job drafting. It's just more of, I, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, he, he needs to, I think Champ Kelly's is his pro personnel guy right now. I think that may need to be rethought in the offseason because, quite honestly, yeah, he has hit on Hicks. Uh, I would say he hit on Freeman as well. I think Freeman was outstanding, obviously. You know, the the injuries and the suspension were kind of a thing. Danny Trevathan's been good. Uh, You know, they've definitely had some free agent signings that have worked out for them. But I think that this coming offseason is such a such a key moment for them because I know a lot of people look at this team. They say three and seven. Uh, you know, this is a team that's just not making any progress. I completely disagree. I think they have a lot of good young talent. I think you're seeing a lot of progress from the young guys. I think you got a good core, uh, but you need to add some guys in the offseason. And you, when you look at things and the way they're all shaping out realistically in the draft, uh, you know, outside linebacker and, and tackle are going to be the, the main keys and and uh, and receiver and corner are going to be the two top talents in the, in the free agent market. And that's something that Ryan Pace is going to have to hit on. I mean, he's going to have to use free agent dollars. We'll get into more of that. But just kind of my food for thought. I'm not I'm not wavering on Pace yet. I, I definitely want to see how he's going to handle this coaching decision. I mean, obviously, I think the more and more losses that happen, the kind of stuff that happened, you know, yesterday and the, and the week before. I mean, it's very evident that John Fox and Dow Loggins and Quite frankly, this whole entire coaching staff's on its way out, but he's got some big decisions ahead. And if, I feel like I say this every offseason where, you know, this is going to be Ryan Pace's biggest offseason. This this definitely is because you have your quarterback in hand. Now you got to bring in the right coaching staff. And once you get that right coaching staff in, you've got to bring in the talent because I've, I'm confident in the Bears next year. I really think that they can be a playoff contender next year with the right moves. And there's really not that many, but he's got to make them happen. Well, you, you rattled off a bunch of the young names that he's drafted who have contributed contributed this season, uh, but you you know you didn't mention Cody Whitehair, who is uh, you know he's taken a s- small step backward, but I think that has been due to the instability on the inside and being forced to play at guard. But uh, he's played well uh, at center again for the second season in a row. Also, you know Trubisky is his guy, and we've we've seen flashes from him. I think he is long term. But also Leonard Floyd, you didn't mention, but. Unfortunately for Leonard Floyd, he was having a pretty good game yesterday. Four tackles, he had a tackle for loss. Um, I'm just, let me and two QB hits in the game. I mean, he was making an impact. 
but unfortunately, his own teammate, Cal Fuller, didn't want Leonard Floyd down the field anymore for the rest of the season and dove right into his leg, uh, bent his knee inward, and uh, looked like you know where an uh, injury would happen for an MCL, um, and was tarted off the field. And doesn't John Fox called it a fairly serious injury? And and when John Fox says you know for a, a head coach who doesn't ever give any information about anyone regarding injuries, uh, for him to come out and immediately say that it was fairly serious just kind of gives you the. Uh, the magnitude of, of uh, you know that injury and and it's you know looking in like in all likelihood uh, Floyd season is over with and and that's pretty disappointing uh, for a guy like you mentioned another guy who was taking a few steps he wasn't putting up monster sack numbers I, I think he only had four and a half sacks this season if you correct me if I'm wrong but uh, you know it, he was still making you know we were still seeing development out of him and you know a guy who was on the rise I think that that it, it, it you know we're not complaining about what they're going to miss this season but I do think this Leonard Floyd injury is going to make them reevaluate the outside linebacker position it's funny because the guy you look at it and Leonard or Pernell McPhee the guy that we're all worried about you know in terms of injury he's the last guy standing uh in terms of the outside linebacker position so uh, you know, the Bears are old at outside linebacker. You, count on, you can't count on McPhee. You can't count on Willie Young. You can't count on Sam Acho. I mean, really, your only foundational edge rusher is Leonard Floyd, and he struggled to stay healthy his first two seasons. So I think it's really a position that, you know, we talked about as almost a, a position of strength coming into the season back, you know, when Lamar Houston was doing his thing and who's still doing his thing, just not with the Bears. Um now I think we're going into an off season. You mentioned it earlier. This this total this changes things. I think you're going to see over the last six games what the Bears looked like in terms of pass rush without Leonard Floyd. You know, pass rush hasn't been great with him in there, and now you're going to see a whole lot less of it. Uh, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts on his uh, his injury? I mean, it's definitely unfortunate, uh, especially. I mean, this is the, these six games would have been nice to have him in. Uh, the good news is, I mean, this is somewhat. You know, it's it's in November, so even if he has a torn ACL, he should be back ready to go for next season. Now, a few thoughts I have on that one: uh, David Chow, uh, he's one of the main injury guys on Twitter. He was, uh, I think, he was a New York Giants uh, team doctor for like twenty years or something like that. And he's very it's weird. It's, it's amazing how good he is diagnosing injuries, uh, just looking at replays. And he he seems to think that it was more of an MCL than it was an ACL just because I guess the leg didn't get planted and the way the leg bended. Uh, so who knows? I, I don't know anything about that. So that would be nice because you're talking about the difference between surgery and not surgery between an ACL and an MCL usually. So hopefully it's an MCL. You know, if he if he misses the rest of the year, so be it. Uh, as long as he's good, ready to go for offseason programs. But the the thing that you pointed out that is very key that I think a lot of people are just now starting to realize is the fact that the Bears at outside linebacker need some help. And you look at the free agent market right now. Um, obviously that's going to change a little bit, but really there's not that much out there. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, who's more of a four three uh, defensive end. I mean, he's somebody for the for the Cowboys. I mean, he's he's probably going to be tagged if not signed to a long term deal. Uh, Ziggy Ansah has been injured, uh, but he's somebody who's probably going to get way more money than he's worth, uh, even if he leaves Detroit. And then Alex Okafor was a guy who could have made some sense, but he tore his Achilles yesterday for the Saints. He's had a bro- breakout year, and I mean, he's gone for the year, so that's not really somebody that Ryan Pace is probably going to target. Yeah, but I, d- I don't even think that we should even be talking about free agency. I really think that this is when I say priority, like. We got to get a young pass rusher in. 
from the draft, a first, second round pick, and get another guy to compliment Leonard Floyd. I think that's the route that you have to go. I mean, we just talked about him being hit or miss in free agency. It's tough to rely on him to find that right guy. So I, I mean, I, I think that you have to, you have to go into the draft with outside linebacker as your top priority. I don't think you want to draft another. I, I, with the way that things are going, the Bears are probably going to end up with a top ten pick, uh, very likely a top fifteen pick. There should be, you know, one of the top edge rushers in the draft available for them to take. Uh, I think if that guy's there, he becomes a priority. That's that's just my opinion based on what we've seen this season. No, I definitely agree, and that was kind of where I was getting to. Uh, sometimes I like to drag up my points a little bit too much. Uh, long story <laughs> short, there's nothing in free agency. You look at what they have right now. You've got a guy in Pernell McPhee who, honestly, outside of a few flashes, has not been there. Uh, the dude's going to be making like $8 million a year next year. Willie Young's going to be, what, 33? I mean, ultimately, you cannot have both of those guys on the roster next year, in my opinion, especially, like you said, Leonard Floyd's the only guy that really – has shown anything. So three names, I'll keep this quick, but three names to, to watch for in the early part of the draft. Uh, one of them is Bradley Chubb out of uh, North Carolina State. He's he's put up a big year. He's, he's a bigger dude. He's about 280. Uh, may profile a little bit better as like a 4-3 outside, or 4-3 uh, defensive end versus like an outside linebacker, but he's somebody who may complement Floyd well. Arden Key built a lot like Leonard Floyd, tall, skinny, uh, had a little bit of a down year. Uh, I know a lot of people are still somewhat high on him. He flashed really well. I think it was against Alabama a few weeks ago. And then the last guy is Harold Landry out of uh, Boston College. Had a lot of hype coming into the year. has been a little bit disappointing. But there's some good top-end uh, edge uh, edge talent coming out of the draft. And, I mean, those are going to be the guys to keep an eye on because, like you said, uh, you know, free agency is not very good. Um, and it's not something that Ryan Pace has really hit on. Plus, it's expensive. I mean, you're talking about – you can get a guy locked up under control for four to five years, depending on if you draft in the first round with that uh, that you know that uh, that option for the fifth year if you draft somebody, and it keeps cost control down. And I think that's that's going to be what they have to do. I know a lot of people are focused down on receiver right now in terms of being a big draft need for the Bears, but like I said keep in mind uh, right now I think right tackles a, a big need for them. I think outside linebackers a big need for them. And you look at free agency and there's not much out there. And I think you look at free agency for corner and receiver, there's a lot out there. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. And now we're kind of getting ahead of the game because we still have six games left. But it's it's to that point in the year where you know if you're looking towards next year and how the Bears are going to improve. Ryan Pace needs to be smart about how he's going to do all this. And I think it's worth mentioning in terms of Pernell McPhee, uh, most of the guaranteed money was front-loaded in that contract. If they cut him next season, they actually save us over $7 million and will only owe him a million in dead money, which is really nothing. So uh, I think he's as good as gone in Chicago. We're about to see the last six games of Pernell McPhee, and I think you just, like you mentioned, you kind of have to start over. I think you have one good player. I think, and if any of those guys that you mentioned in the draft are that that next uh, level type that can, you know, take the Bears to the next step, because if you already have Leonard Floyd on one side and you have a, a team Hicks on the inside who had another great game last week, he shows up every week no matter what happens on the scoreboard. If you get that other guy on, you know, on the opposite edge collapsing the pocket, then you have a very dangerous Bears defense, which is very young all around. So I think, you know, that's the one missing piece that I see defensively, and I think it's going to really hurt over the next six games. But, again, no one really cares. Bears are out of the playoffs. It's, it's, it's more about development and seeing what guys are able to do. I think that, you know, it just in terms of that, I think this is a great opportunity for Isaiah Irving, who's going to get a lot of snaps, made a couple of really nice plays on special teams 
yesterday, and I think it's, uh, you know, we've talked about a few guys having six-name tryouts. He's one of those guys who's going to get a six-name tryout here over the next few weeks, uh, you know, the next six weeks, and uh, we'll see what he's made of because he's flashed too. I mean, the the kid's quick and uh, obviously he can hit, showed on special teams that he can lay the lumber. So I, I'm just interested to see what he can bring. It's a, it's a, you know, an opportunity for a guy like him that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise uh, you know, you hate for it to come due to injury to a player like Leonard Floyd, but at least, you know, it, it, when we get into this evaluation stage, which is where we're at when it comes to the Bears, when you're 3-7, and seven, uh, you know, that, those are the types of guys you want to take a longer look at. So at least he's going to get out there uh, and, and give a look. But you want to talk about the game yesterday? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it because I think, I think there was some positives, uh, but I also think we're seeing the same things that we've been seeing. So let's get into it. All right. Well, the Bears had an opportunity, like we mentioned before, to win, uh, send this game into overtime. This was a game that uh, the Bears, uh, it, it was uh, back and forth. The Bears jumped out to a 10-point lead, and uh, they they were, they were had all the momentum in the world. They had just gotten the ball back. The defense was shutting down Matthew Stafford. Stafford looked like garbage in the first quarter. And then what I had predicted a long time ago finally reared its ugly head i actually thought it was going to happen before now i didn't know how badly it was going to impact the team i didn't think it was going to end up with a touchdown the other way but what you know what what we thought was eventually going to happen happened and that was mitch trubisky fumbling a snap and ball bounced right out of uh i think it was kicked right away from him right away uh to the Lions, and they were able to score a touchdown, and that that changed momentum. I mean, that I think to me, you talked about all the big plays in that game. We'll discuss them, but that play right there, uh, to me, is what really set you know t- t- changed the tide and and brought the Lions back. I mean, the Bears, uh, Trubisky was driving the ball again. You know, they, they could go up seventeen points there on that drive. Instead, they're up by three points, getting the ball back. I I, I think that that one little play right there. Is another. It's going to be another good learning experience for him. And, and Trubisky talked about it after the game. And I thought he, he, this was really good stuff that he, he he had to say about, you know, the fact that in all these situations, the fact that he hasn't been able to to, to lead them to fourth quarter comebacks and um, you know fumbled snaps and all these different uh, situations that he's been in, it's not hurting him. And I think you've you've discussed that a few times as well. But I think there's a lot of concern with Bears fans about you know all these situations hurting him. And here's what he had to say after the game. I think. Uh... Adversity is a great teacher. Um, uh, overcoming uh, struggles is a great teacher, and you just continue to keep that mindset. Um, there's no rookie excuse. You don't get any freebies for being a rookie or anything that, like that. Um, my, my teammates trust me, and they have confidence in me, so I'm preparing as I should. I'm very prepared going into this game. Um, my coaches got me prepared. Teammates had my back, but... Um, yeah, new situations are going to rise every time. You don't get no excuses, um, but you just got to take those opportunities and make the most out of them and, instead of looking back and getting frustrated. So um, just continue to look at these things as great opportunities to overcome and get better from instead of dwelling on them. So I think, yeah, his comments go back to what we talked about a lot in, in the fact that these are good, you know, these aren't wins uh, for the Bears on the scoreboard, but these are great situations for him to be in. He's going to learn from these. He's going to get better in these situations, and when they arise in the future, these are going to end up Bears wins instead of uh, Bears losses. And I think he he gets it. He you know just based on his comments there, he has the right mindset. Uh, had, you know, throughout this process, he understands he's a rookie. But he, you know, even he said it's it's not an excuse to be a rookie. So. Um, 
you know, I, I, I like that mindset. I think he under, he's taking this all as, you know, a learning experience. He understands where the team is at, and he understands that he's the future of the team. So I think that's the type of uh, mentality he needs to have. He's not coming out here blaming other people and, and pouting and, you know, um, you know, doing the things that you would maybe expect from uh, uh, you know an immature rookie. I mean, he he talks and he acts like a veteran, and I think he has a veteran mentality, and I think he's eventually going to start playing like a veteran. I, I liked what he had to say after the game. I agree. Uh, I you know I, I think it's man, it's just such a tough situation because we saw what Deshaun Watson did, and I think a lot of people want to compare that. But these are I mean, this is just apples to oranges situations, and. The, the thing that I want to see moving forward, and I think we kind of talked about it a little last week, is I want to be able to see him uh, you know, put them in positions to win or tie the game. And I think we saw it in the Baltimore game in the, in the OT session. And I think we saw it this week. I, obviously, that last, that last drive had uh, you know, a few spots where you know, maybe it wasn't as good as it should have been. But, I mean, this is a rookie quarterback we're talking about. And it's also worth noting that, that I mean, you look at the personnel on the field, and you you saw what they were doing. There was no Tariq Cohen, there was no Jordan Howard, and there was no uh, Adam Shaheen. And Dontrell Inman was only in for half that series on the final drive, and they still were able to get in the field goal range where a normal NFL kicker should have made the kick. So I think that there's definitely some some strides that have been made. I think each week we're seeing Trubisky progress in some way, shape, or form. I know you pointed back to that fumble. Uh, and obviously that's an issue and that's something that's going to need to be cleaned up. And I think it will, but I think it's also worth noting that out of any quarterback in the league so far, uh, at least going into this week, he taken the most snaps under center. I think it was like 63% in the, in the entire NFL. So I think that's also saying something. I don't know if that's incompetence on the bears part in terms of, you know, just not understanding the situation or being so predictable or if it's the fact that they're wanting to ingrain that in him early on, so that way you know he's got a you know a good grasp and he's not making these these mistakes later on down the line or whatever it may be. But I mean the fact that he's leading leading the leagues and snaps under center and that was his first fumble. Uh, I, I would say that's a pretty decent thing considering I mean we were both there for the first day of uh, padded practice when he fumbled the ball. What was it like three or four times in his first five or six snaps that he yeah. had? I mean that was that was atrocious, but. I mean, it's something that you've highlighted as a concern, and hopefully we don't continue to see that. I mean, that was completely on him. There's no, there's no other way around that. That wasn't a bad snap. That wasn't anything on anybody else that was on him, and that was that was a big turning point in the game. But the good news is this is a 3-7 and seven team uh, going into the game. They're a 3-6 team. This wasn't a team that was going to make the playoffs. They have a rookie quarterback. This is the kind of stuff you want to see this year because next year you'd like to see that Jared Goff or that Carson Wentz type jump. I think there were a couple of situations in yesterday's game that really showed me that he is taking those steps that you're talking about. And first of all, you know, you you talked about the fumble. What he did immediately after that is he drove the Bears down for a touchdown. And I think that um, shows a whole lot about his ability to, you know, kind of put those bad plays behind him and still be able to move the football all the way down the field. And also, like you said, he put the Bears in position to tie that game a, a standard NFL kicker should be able to make a 46 yard field goal and not just shank it off to the right so uh, you know if if the Bears have a better kicker there then we might be talking about a victory so uh, he did everything that he needed to do and I'm going to uh, pull up his uh, stats here um, to, to put the Bears in a position to win that football game and they rushed for 222 yards I mean the game plan was to pound the football Jordan Howard averaged 8.3 yards per carry had 125 rushing yards another 100 yard outing I believe that's his 
uh, fourth or fifth of the season so far. He was just a beast. And they used Treat Cohen more. You mentioned it earlier. He averaged 4.9 yards per carry. As a team, they averaged 7.4 yards, 7. yards per carry. And that includes that late scramble by Trubisky uh, on that fourth down situation, which kept the game alive. Another play where, you know, he kind of had to do it on his own and he was he stepped up to the plate. So he finished 18-30, to 30, only 179 yards uh, sack just once, one touchdown, no interceptions, finished with an 88.1 rating. Uh, you know, and that's another thing. He's not turning the football over. He's he's making sure that he's not, uh, you know, uh, the, it's not his fault that the Bears are losing the, these games. I think he's doing everything that you'd, you'd ask a, a, a rookie to do, and I think he's showing progress. And I think, like you said, uh, he's on pace to have that type of Carson Wentz-Jared Goff turnaround. I think that's an exciting thing. It's just unfortunate that the Bears can't get a couple wins along the way. Uh, but we did see some some really good things, some some things that you pointed out. Adam Shaheen was targeted four times, uh, taught all four footballs for 41 yards, including uh, the only passing uh, receiving touchdown. And like you said, I think every one of those passes, he was he had a guy like right in his hip or on his back, and those were all contested throws. And it's not only a testament to his hands and his ability to to, to shield defenders. I mean, he's so big. That's that's his the strength of his game is to use his body, and he knows what he's doing out there when it comes to that. And he also has those 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 uh, glue like hands, but also. Those were great throws from Trubisky. I mean, that touchdown throw, the only person who was going to catch that was Shaheen, and he had to make a great catch to do it, and he has the the athleticism to to, to pull off that type of play. I mean, I think yesterday we kind of saw the future of the passing attack and what those two could be, uh, you know, coming into the in, into the the their careers together and playing together for a long time. I'm that, that kind of got me excited for the, for the offense Treat Cohen also caught for another four passes. He was targeted the most of any, any, anybody. So I think that's, you know, uh, uh Dow Loggins finally really maybe listened to our podcast last week and, uh, figured out that he had to get Tariq Cohen, the football 15 touches, or I'm sorry, 13 touches for Cohen, uh, yesterday. I, I, I think offensively they did everything that they wanted to do defensively there are a few big plays that they gave up but you know that that was just one of those hard fought games that uh, you know it came down to one one play one big play and and you know Matt Prater made a I think it was a 51 yarder or a 53 yarder do you remember what the what the kick was a 52 I think yeah 52 uh you know right the the drive right before the Bears drove down and and gave Connor Barth a, a kick that was six yards shorter and you know that's that was the difference in the game. The, and what's interesting is that three years ago, uh, the the Lions had a a lot of kicker trouble, and they brought Prater, uh, Jay Feely, a former Bears kicker, as well as Connor Barth, all in for tryouts, and they chose Prater over those other two. And you know, obviously, looking back, they made the right decision, and that's why Connor Barth doesn't have a job. But I really thought that the offense looked as as good as it has all season. And that really got me excited. I agree. Uh, I I think, and I think I tweeted about this yesterday too. Just looking at the offense, I think this is a this is a good step in the right direction for somebody like Dow Loggins. Uh, unfortunately, I think between this year and last year, I think the track record is definitely speaking for itself. But in terms of looking at his long term prognosis as a offensive coordinator or a coach of any sort in the NFL. Uh, not with the Bears, but just in general, I think this is definitely a move in the right direction for him. Um, and and I, I, the only thing I'm not really sure about is I, I'm curious to see how much of that was scripted, especially in the first half, uh, because I do think you know that I, I think his 
his creativity, especially his in-game adjustments, uh, are something that still concern me. But I, I think when you when you look at when you're looking at player to player here, I think you know getting Tariq Cohen involved more was good. I think getting Trubisky out on the run a little bit was also something that was smart. I mean, he had six carries for 53 yards. Uh, he had a you know as long as the 19 yards, and I think that was on that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was on the that that last uh, you know the the fourth down play, but it could have been one before that. But either way. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was good and and but you look at it Adam Shaheen I thought was really good um, and I, I think the other guy that continues to stick out to me is somebody who is going to be a piece that the Bears need to and it's not going to be expensive to you know to resign is going to be Dontrell Inman I think he's showing that he's he's somebody who's a reliable weapon who seems to consistently get open and I think that Trubisky's forming something pretty good with him so I think. You've got some decent building blocks moving into next year, and I think that's a big key. But it's good to see the development, especially from the young players. I mean, Tree Cohen, uh, Adam Shaheen, obviously we just pointed out Trubisky. And then, you know, going back to the rookies and and the guys that the Bears had drafted earlier, obviously I forgot Leonard Floyd, but another guy was Eddie Goldman. So I think overall the progression of the young players as a whole, uh, you know, especially on the offense, this game in general – I think it's positive, and that's why I'm not overly concerned about the Bears' future. I think it, a lot of this has to do with coaching right now, and I think you know, even going back, and maybe we'll talk about the defense a little bit, but I I won't lie, I really haven't been overly impressed with Vic Fangio the majority of the year. I don't, I, I just, I feel like that I don't think the Bears are going to be in that bad of a position if they have to really just redo their whole entire coaching staff, including somebody like Fangio. Well, I, I you know, hopefully that they can upgrade at every position, and that includes Fangio. I mean, I think that they. There is enough talent here for the Bears to compete, but you know a good coaching staff is probably what's going to push them over the top. So, it, 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 there are good other good defensive coordinators, you know, in the NFL. It's not just Vic Fangio. So, uh, it, I I'm told that it's almost a, a guarantee that he's gone. So, I you know I think it is time to start thinking about a future without him. So, you know, yeah, they may not be, you know, the guy they get in here might be a, might be a better guy. Who knows? Uh, We'll see what happens in the off season, but there are a couple more points before we get out of here. Um, we talked about the uh, getting the Cohen and Shaheen involved in the game, but they were not out there during uh, the two minute dr- drill. Neither was Jordan Howard, and I understand they like Bunny Benny Cunningham uh, in pass protection situations, but. I think you know we're talking about development. We're talking about getting players this good experience. The best experience you could get those guys, especially guys like Shaheen and Cohen, is get them out there in those two-minute situations. Because not only is that experience they can build on going forward, but they're your best playmakers. I mean, Daniel Brown was out there for that two-minute situation. So that, to me, just shows that during practice all week, they just chose to use Daniel Brown as their two-minute guy instead of Adam Shaheen. They chose to have no package or no, you know, any plays or any packages that involved Tariq Cohen in that two-minute situation. And I know it's hard to shuffle in, guys in and out, but I think there are situations where you can, where there are, you know, the... Uh, passes that hit the ground you can get guys in and out and they had no uh really no interest in getting the guys who had made the most plays for them throughout the game on the field uh during that last two minute drive and it it got him in i mean trubisky was able to basically do it on his own and get him into field goal range as it was but 
again, you have to question the coaching staff there and, you know, why you wouldn't have the best players out on the field. So that, that was interesting to me. I, I don't want to, I don't want us to get into another uh, bashing the coach thing. Cause I think Thursday we'll probably have a whole lot of that. But another point that I wanted to make, did you notice at all how, uh, Different things looked when Kyle Long was back out there. Bears rushed for over 225 yards. Only one sack of Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know, they pretty much dominated the, the the trenches. And I think a lot of that had to do with Kyle Long getting back. And there was a report right before the game. Jay Glazer said that he has multiple torn tendons in his hand. And he came out there. And I think just the continuity that he brings and the ability to put Cody Whitehair back at center and jet Ronas Grassu off the field. We talked about it in last week's podcast. And I think we really saw it with Kyle Long getting out there on the field. I agree. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of getting the point though, uh, through these, these last six games where, I don't know, and I understand, obviously, from Trubisky's standpoint, you want your, your best offensive lineman out there, but I don't know that it's particularly smart to keep playing Kyle Long if he's got, he's got the labrum injury, his ankle still isn't 100%, uh, he's got, uh, I think it was two dislocated fingers, torn tendon in his hand, uh, there was uh, something about a ligament as well in there, and so at a certain point, you kind of have to start looking towards 2018, but I don't know how you do that, uh, especially with Trubisky still in there. So that'll be interesting to uh, see. The one thing I will point out before we get done with this, uh, you know, going back to the Adam Shaheen and the, and the Daniel Brown thing, I am curious to see how they're going to use these guys once Deion Sims comes back, because in my personal opinion, I don't think Deion Sims should be taking snaps over Adam Shaheen. I think Adam Shaheen is improving as a blocker, but it's something that he's only going to improve as he's out on the field. And this is this is your guy. You spend a second round pick on him. He's starting to look good. He's starting to flash. He's you know you got to keep the guy out on the field. And I almost I hope Deion Sims is fine and I hope he gets better. But at this point, I really don't think the Bears are missing Sims all that much, and I'm completely fine with the the tight ends that they have out on the field right now. And I don't, I'm not really sure that they should really screw with that too much. Well, I think they've shown with Marcus Wheaton that it doesn't really matter how much you're paying them. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to throw you the football <laughs> or make them a part of the offense. You know, Marcus Wheaton's making six million dollars, so I don't necessarily think that Deion Sims's contract should play any any part in you know how the offense is built going forward and i agree i think now is the time this is evaluation time you don't need to evaluate Deion sims that was a front-loaded contract he's had a disappointing season i think he's out of here next year and i think you now is the time to make sure that uh you know get a, a even better look at daniel brown and use it as a development time for adam shaheen so he can come out and be that number one guy next year you know right out of the gate i think that's that's what you want and Deion sims is only going to hurt that situation i i agree 100 percent uh, finally, I, I want to, you know, we talked, you brought up a little bit Marcus Cooper and, uh, you know, he was only out there, you know, they, they wanted to go back to the rotation, which they had done before with Cooper and Mukamara and uh, Kyle Fuller. And Kyle Fuller wasn't playing good early in the game, so they, I think it was after two series, they put Cooper in, he immediately gave up a touchdown. And, you know, I think, you know, we, we the if there was any decision that needed to be made or if there was any question about who needs to be kept Really, in my mind, I know that Fuller hasn't played well the last couple of games, but I do think that we've seen enough production out of him uh, over the last, just this entire season. If he stays healthy, I think he can be the uh, you know your number one or at least your number two guy going forward. I still think that quarterback might be a priority in the draft. 
if you're able to draft that number one guy, I think Fuller makes a great number two. And I think Amukamara is a number great number two. And if you have to go with just those two guys, I think you're solid enough. But I don't think there should be any decision as far as, far as whether or not Marcus Cooper should come back. Because I really think he's the weakest of the three. And <clears throat> in my opinion, it's, it, it's those other two that who should be the priority when we go into the offseason. Well, and, and I agree. I I don't know how they're going to approach this because you look at you. Look, I mean, outside Marcus Cooper's the only one, and he's the worst one of the three, and he's the only one that's actually under contractual control going into the next next year. I think right around five million dollars. I I'm with you 100. percent I think we've seen enough of him to know that he's just simply not going to cut it. Uh, he had that one awful awful series where he gave up. Uh, I mean, he gave up was it two or three catches? I mean, that one where they had them backed up on the goal line and. And uh, somehow T.J. Jones had like, what was it, like seven yards of separation on just an awful throw. I mean, that's yep. just the kind of stuff that it's an issue. But I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to handle it because Amukamura is a guy that has never really been able to stay healthy. And the, the biggest key right now for the Bears is neither one of their top two corners can create a turnover. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially from the interception department. Uh, Amukamura has never been known to do it. Fuller outside of the, that nice little stretch he had his rookie year, has really never been known how to do it. If it's me, I look at a guy like Kyle Fuller. I think he has the highest ceiling. Uh, I think he's also younger. He's somebody that you drafted. I think that's somebody that you should definitely go after and try to keep, assuming he wants to be there. I think Amuka Moore would be nice as well. But you're also talking about two guys right now that are making a collective right around $10 million uh, for this year. And you're talking about two guys that are probably going to be making a collective 18 to $20 million uh, you know, moving forward from here on out. So you kind of look at the free agent market, uh, and, and we won't get too heavy into that, but there's some names out there that would be obvious upgrades. If it's me personally, uh, I would re-sign Fuller or, you know, re-sign one of the two, hopefully Fuller. But I'm going out and getting somebody like an Aaron Colvin or a Malcolm Butler or somebody along the lines of that, even if you have to pay him a little bit more, because I think they need an upgrade, and I think that needs to come with some sort of turnover maker, especially from the inter, you know interception department, which is something they don't have. But I agree 100%. Marcus Cooper, uh, just not a guy that I would keep around. Yeah, that's a good point about the turnovers. And Kyle Fuller had two balls hit him right in the hands yesterday. Those would have been huge plays if he would have been able to, to uh, pull him in. But again, he, he was in position to make those plays. He, he The second one, he undercut the pass. I mean, that really should have been a, a pick on that deep ball. So I think he continues, even though he, you know he's not perfect, he continues to show that development that uh, a first-round pick. It's taken him a while, but I think he's finally starting to play like a first-round guy. I think, like you said, get him signed. Uh, and then it, whether that's free agency or the draft, maybe go go another route and get another guy in there. If you can get a Mukumara, I, I think you're fine with that. So, uh, But I do think that Fuller should be the priority. So that's it, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us for the last 45 minutes. We will not have a Thursday podcast. I know I mentioned earlier that we were going to, but I forgot it is Thanksgiving this week. So uh, we won't be able to preview the Eagles matchup, but we will be back next Monday uh, to talk about that Bears game. But please give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can follow me at Bear report check out all our work at bearreport.com as well as the bear report facebook page and if you haven't already subscribe to this podcast on itunes have a great holiday weekend everybody and we'll see you next week whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.